How do my friends welcome into this week's episode of Forte Catholic? I'm so glad that you are here, that you've chose to make us part of your week this week. We always appreciate it. We've got a great show for you here today. Alice Sullivan is our co-host today from right here in the studio. We also have a very rare guest appearance today from our friends over at the Cordial Catholic. So Allison and I uh, talk about a midlife crisis. I sound like I'm in a really good mood, but uh, we talked about, uh, I asked essentially the question, am I too young to have a midlife crisis? Because that's where my head has been these days. We talk about what's been going on. Uh, and then we also play an oldie but a goodie game called Life Verse, where we choose life verses for each other and other people completely randomly from the scriptures and try to make it make sense. Um, our guest this week is from uh, Keith from the Cordial Catholic, um, and he's great. His entire ministry is like he's he's a convert, and his whole thing is he wants to make Catholicism uh, a little bit more accessible and frankly just a little bit more kind to those who aren't Catholic as they um, consider or are in the process of joining the church. So we have a great conversation about that today. We hope that you enjoy it. If you do, please hit subscribe wherever you are watching or listening. Enjoy. Hello there, and welcome to Portland Catholic. I am Taylor Sroll. That is Allison Julissa Sullivan. <laughs> what do you think about that one? Um, you know what, Taylor? You're going to do what you're going to do. Julissa. <laughs> Julissa. It's nice. We, we could shorten it to Jewel, which <gasps> I've always admired. You. What's funny is I think there's a lot that goes on in my subconscious. I don't think out of my subconscious. Are you all that trying often. to say you have a filter because you don't? No, I think I did this completely by accident because you, I think you said either the last time you were on or the previous one that you yeah. wanted to be called Jewel. And then I called you Julissa. No way. And I did not plan that at all. Okay, receipts. We need receipts. But I I do, if karaoke is happening, and because my first choice is Alanis, my second is Cher, but Jewel is on up there. I mean, if it's a good night, I will incorporate Jewel into the mix. And that's the first like poetry I ever resonated with. So Jewel it is. Julissa. I like it. <laughs> well, remind me to ask you about poetry, but I have one qu question before the poetry. Okay. I don't know how to ask this nicely. Aren't you a terrible singer? Yeah. But but I feel like karaoke with you would still be incredibly entertaining. It's a blast. I am annoyed by, and I think most of us are, by karaokeers who get up there and hit notes. Boring. No one cares Move along. I do an incredible rendition of something. Move along. People are like, boo! This is for the amateurs, okay? And I I lived in Japan. Okay, karaokeing in Japanese dive bars. Thank you very much. And was friends with like classically trained, beautiful singer. And she would get up and like, you know, like sing one of our songs. And we're like, honey, you can do anything you want. Why do you insist on You Ought to Know by Alanis? So, yeah, no, it is a good time. It's a rippering good time. I do accidentally hit a few notes. The mental image of you being a tall white woman in a Japanese karaoke bar uh -huh. is one of those things I'm going to sit with for a while. Like you, genuinely funny. We were a delight. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure you were. I'm sure you were. We delighted ourselves. Uh, yeah, it was, it was a good time. So I have a poetry. I, I've only, I've only read poetry. I, I believe one time, like, like, out, like read, like a uh, read as in like, I did a reading of poetry. Okay. Uh, you know who 50 cent is? 
<laughs> I do. Uh, there's a song called 21 Questions. Okay. And we had to recite poetry. This would have been in seventh or eighth grade. Uh, and there was a, a girl in the class who was my first crush. Just or first crush of like people I knew, like not Britney Spears. You know, like sure, that sure. was like within real person. Mm-hmm. And I was Attainable. like, I know how I'm going to impress this girl. I'm going to do a dramatic poetry. So I read it like you would read Shakespeare or Beowulf. Oh. But it was 50 cent lyrics. Hold on. Is there an accent involved? Um, no, no. It, but it was, it was dramatic. like dramatic, like the slam poetry sure. kind of style of course. that I was doing. And uh, uh, never went on a date with her. <laughs> she wasn't impressed. She was not. Wow. But uh, she. Hold on. Did you do this ironically? No, 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 no. I was very serious. Serious. Oh, yeah. I thought I was a rapper. I was real cool. Uh, you know, doing my, my teacher had a lot of questions. She was an old white lady. And she was like, what is this from? What's a hoopty? You know, like she had, yeah. she had lots of questions. You're going to find him in the club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bottle fulls above. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like you should tell the story way more often. <laughs> um, I, so this is a little bit funny. When I was a senior in high school, Hootie and the bo- Blowfish had not blown up yet. I don't think, but, um, Scotty Harmatuck had an English language arts assignment and he wrote out the lyrics to what's Hootie's main biggest hit. I only want to be with you. Okay. So he wrote that out and maybe this was our junior year, sophomore year. I don't know the timing. I can't remember. I can't be bothered, but the next he turns this in, gets an A and the next thing he knows the next month, this song is everywhere (laughs) it's like i didn't know they were gonna make it big this was my one secret find uh see i i did the opposite this song the song was number one on the charts my my old white english english lit teacher just had no idea yeah um i think she was about to figure it out but she just let it go can Uh, we know your crush's name or some initials maybe sh sh did sh know that it was a number one hit uh yeah I, I think I looked at her like during the, she, she hey, could not be Scotty Harmatuck and SH. <gasps> Interesting. Interesting. Wow. <laughs> Incredible. It was with, it was the, the only thing that gave me hope. We're starting the show off very differently than we thought, <laughs> <laughs> which is funny, which is funny. We'll get to why that's funny here in a second. But, uh, the only th- reason I had hope with this girl, mm-hmm. which like, I, I, if I had a 1% of 1% chance with this mm-hmm, girl, mm-hmm. like I thought I had like a 50, 50 chance, like, yeah, like I had a 1% of 1%. Okay. Like, um, I don't think she was an artist. <laughs> I was going to say I'm not the person that I was back then, but people don't like me now. So that's, that could be a, a misgiving, but I was mm. a very different person then. Like, mm. I didn't have many friends and I don't blame people <laughs> back then. Like now you if I'm like, if you don't like me, I'm like, you either love or hate me. Like that many people don't feel a like, little polarizing. You know, yeah. uh, but okay. back then it was like, nobody, I, I, nobody could be, there were no mixed bothered. messages. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. So, uh, but I did. The only reason I thought I had hope is that I learned a trick that I don't know if I don't, I'm, I'm interested to see if you had this trick when you were growing up and in your, da- okay. your dating days. Um, did you ever do the fake yawn to see if somebody was looking at you? No. So brilliant. You know how if I yawn, of course it's contagious. Everybody else is going to yawn course. too. Like fifty percent of our audience just yawned; they couldn't yeah. even see me. You know, yeah, like you didn't was- even finish it. You just hinted at a yawn. <laughs> so I was uh, in class. I tried it a couple times. So I'd like fake yawn, and then I'd like see if she yawned, and you know, it never worked. 
But there was a couple, we went to the same church, same youth group. There's a couple of times where, uh, this was, this was later. So this is after we got out of. So you thought you had a chance because she was a yawner. She she looked at me. She was looking at me. Yeah. I I, mean, I I think. Someone uh, can catch your attention with a yawn because it's a kind of a, a bigger gesture. And it not necessarily mean anything. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, interesting, interesting tactic. That's, That's the only reason I thought I had a chance, but it uh, ultimately it did not work. Yeah. Well, it wasn't old, meant to be. Oh, SH. SH. Really... I'll give you one guess as her hair color. <laughs> oh, I already know. I, I know you do. I already know. <laughs> okay, you want to start the show how we were going to start the show? Sure. The irony of how we're. for anything, Taylor. <laughs> the irony of how we're going to start the show today. <laughs> is we're going to talk about how stressful and frustrating both of our lives are. Yeah. And how that whenever things are stressful and frustrating, Mm -hmm. you have two options. Yeah. You can attack the problem. Yeah. Or you can avoid it. Yeah. And we chose before the show that we were going to attack it. We're just going to attack it. We're just going to get in there. Now we have spent the last seven and a half minutes completely avoiding it. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, let's get depressing, shall we? Fine. We've both been in, in a, a weird place here, uh, both separately and some. Some we've had some crossovers, like a Venn diagram, right? Yeah. Where it's like ninety percent of my stuff is over here, ninety percent of yours. But there's been yeah. a ten percent where we yeah. where we've crossed some over overlap. Some, some stress and some frustration. And uh, my question for you is because uh, I've been thinking about it a lot over the last week or two. How how old does a half does a person have to be? What's the youngest a person can be? To have a midlife crisis because I think I'm close. Mm. You can definitely <laughs> have a quarter life crisis, don't you? Did you have a quarter life crisis? No, I was happy then. <laughs> um, I had a quarter life crisis. It's but, why I moved to Japan. I'm like peace so, so out. So how old were you when you moved to Japan? I was 22. I was 23. 20, okay, so uh, you're suggesting that you're going to live until your mid to late 80s. Yeah. At least. I think I think I'm having my midlife crisis because I think I'm halfway there. Seventies, <laughs> all you got. Thirty four. Yeah. I double that with how big I am. Sure. Yeah. Sixty eight. That's that sounds good. That's not good enough, Taylor. We really we need to listen. <laughs> we have some more work to do. I thought we were just talking about procrastination. How, how much longer do I have to wait before this but, midlife crisis? Because I've been, I've been pushing it off because I feel like it's too early. <laughs> You're it's not the only due. reason I've, I've been pushing it off. Yeah, I think you can have more than one. They can be in in varying degrees. You can have miniature midlife crises, <laughs> and then you can have this is the big one. <laughs> this is this is the the mama. This is the mama midlife crisis. Uh, there's two reasons that I've tried to push this off. Mm-hmm. One, I don't think I'm old enough. Okay, because uh, most of my friends are your age. Yeah, because like I had this strange realization on Saturday. We were at our kids play football together. Yes. And like, I was incredibly left out of the conversation with all the other parents. Cause all the other parents are 47 years old. I don't think that's why, but go on. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for your help. Uh, but it, it's just, it's, it's just different. And, uh, what was I saying? I well, let me tell you. So you're sitting next to my 14 year old son who, by the way, is, is mature. So there's that. But he came home he's and he 14? goes, he's 14. Yeah, I know. He seems, he seems older. way older. I know. And he looks older. And it, so he comes home and he says, mom, I am uh, better friends with Taylor than you are. I think he probably <laughs> would like me more than he would like you. And I was like, I do not argue that at it, all. It's not true. <laughs> but 
it does you make can, me, it does make me feel good because yes. you uh, can see how he you, would think you, that though. But also with how close you are to my baby. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. We have a, we have some reciprocity yeah. there. And I was just I was thinking that when I walked, I wanted to text you like very intentionally mm-hmm. and be like, my son really enjoys you, and I thank you for that. Like I need mm-hmm. help. Like I need what you do um, with him. So, anyways. But um, what are we talking about with like, oh, your friends are older, midlife crisis. You feel like you need to be older. I don't know. I feel like that avoidance of. So I one thing that I feel like I say to you all the time is there's no way through but through. And so if you're just pretending not to feel a certain way because you think you only get so many of these, like, you know, like you've met your quota. Mm -hmm. Then I just I don't feel I feel like you're just. um elongating it but instead of not having it you're just making it longer i think you're right for most things uh the second thing i was going to say about the uh the other the other reason you know because all these other dads are older than me and i was wondering it's like i don't think i am i i don't think i'm allowed to go through my midlife crisis if they haven't done it yet it's just a matter of being kind like they have to do it so I, i have questions if they've done it yet but then the second thing is i don't have enough money to go through midlife crisis like you're right, go through There's no Corvette. They, they, yeah, they buy a Corvette. They buy. Uh, I don't have that kind of money. So yeah. I, I, I'm just. I'm at this point where it's like I want to have it, but I'm not allowed to. Uh, but there are some some problems in my life where um, time or time plus new information, okay, solves the problem. Or like I didn't do anything. I didn't do anything to fix the situation. So it's like, like this week we had a stressful situation where yeah. like today. I got more information where I feel better about the situation that really stressed me out and frustrated me all week. Right. And like literally just, I, I spent a lot of time and energy and focus and like yeah. uh, emotional, uh, sure. emotional time and like, like labor time. Yeah. Yeah. Like thinking about this and focusing on it and literally just with a conversation with you before we hit break, it's like, I feel better about it. Yeah. Not that it's resolved right. or solved, right. but I feel better about it. And like literally like time and new information because of that time. Yeah, I like that. That's good. Help solve that, so, that that problem. So there are a lot of problems in my life. So there are always problems in my life that I think, one, can't get fixed unless I do something about them, like require my direct input. And there are others where they just kind of solve themselves while I, sure. where I could ignore them. And the problem is I never know which is which. So I always feel like if, you know, I I always feel like I should be tackling a problem, but I don't have the like emotional uh, capacity or energy to tackle it. And then, so I decide to avoid it. And then as I'm avoiding it, I can't even enjoy my life because I'm focusing on, oh, I should be fixing this problem. And that's the tension. That's the tension that we are all, because it's, it's always about balance. I understand what you're saying because in so many instances for me to get better or heal, there requires some degree of separation. But when separation becomes isolation or, or or even like a mourning that's required, but when mourning turns to moping, you know, you've kind of moved into this other territory that becomes something else. But but you're right in that pain doesn't last forever. Either something changes or we get stronger, mm-hmm. you know, like things are going to change. The I had this thought while you were talking and I was thinking about, I don't know, like think of think about the biblical greats. I'm, I'm like building this plane while I'm flying it. So hold on a second. But if you I can name a few, if you'd like me to help some biblical, but, hold some on, biblical but think greats. about what if it is requiring a pivot? Okay. So yes, there's time. Yes. There's new information. Yes. There's a leaning in, but what if there's also like a pivot from what you thought 
what you thought to now what is. Okay. So you pretending that I kind of feel a, a hissy fit coming, or I kind of feel a meltdown coming, and then pretending that's not true because it's not your time. I think that when you look at some biblical greats, like, okay, let's just take Paul, for example. All I can think about is biblical greats that were 800 years old, so they didn't have their midlife crisis until they were 400, and that doesn't seem fair. I thought you were, yeah, right. (laughs) So, but think about Paul, who's like, okay, I want to preach to stadiums full of people, and I am sitting here in this prison writing letters to these people that bother the heck out of me. Right. You know, and so you just don't have all the information of what God's going to do because he could have very easily like, you know, rolled his eyes and sucked his teeth and tossed his hands up and said, for what? What is going on? You know, and you just don't have all the information. Oh, okay. Here's a, what about, what about, (laughs) what about Noah? Who's like, you know, I (laughs) really, hold on. (laughs) This is a better point. What about Noah? who is like, I really hear God asking me to build an ark for all of creation. And I realized that that probably sounds really wild to my neighbors. It is so clear and so certain that that's what I'm supposed to be doing, that I'll just go ahead and take the the quizzical looks. But I don't think I'm a biblical great. I think what I would have done is like the thing uh, some, that something that I would do would be build a boat. And then we have the greatest drought of all time. Like we did this past summer. And then I'm sitting here just with a boat. And like, why isn't anybody using the boat? Well, that <laughs> sounds like a lack of faith. <laughs> well, I don't disagree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just think they're. I, I like. So the thing that I like. In, w- in what you said, not that I disliked anything, but the thing that I'm really liking yeah, yeah. to yeah. is the, the part about Paul probably thought he would have been accomplishing more if he was in front of stadiums and not these yeah. letters that like literally he had no idea. He just thought they were going to go out. Were they even going to get there? And now you and I are reading them. 2000. Right. Years I had never thought about that. That's incredible. And that's helpful in like one of the things that's like really uh, like in the professional side of things is I feel like I'm, I've just been spinning my wheels really since COVID yeah. like, like with, with the show, mm-hmm. with uh, like everything that we're producing where it's like, there's a part of me that is like, okay, people are receiving these letters. These are like th- the audience is still here. And I'm incredibly grateful for that. Amazing. Like the, the fact that the audience stuck with us through the last few years yeah. is really great, but the, the, the it also hasn't grown at all. Mm-hmm. And we were growing like when this show started, we were literally nothing. We were getting like less than a hundred downloads every episode for like a year. And then the next year it doubled and the mm-hmm. next year it doubled and the next year it doubled where it was doubling or tripling every year yeah. to where it became like a thing. Like this is like yeah. something that, 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 that we're doing now and something we're focused on and it's great. But that growth completely stopped whenever COVID hit like, Mm -hmm. and it's, it feels like, like (sighs) my focus is often on, it's not growing. I feel like, um, there's a part of me that feels like my talents are being wasted. It's like, I know that I'm good at podcasting and speaking and I know that I'm good at music and yet it's not going anywhere. Nobody's asking me to do it. The only places that I'm doing it are where I can publish it. <laughs> you know, like nobody's telling me that, that no. And so it's you have been out of town a lot speaking. 
not near as much. Okay, I, like, I, okay. I, I'm, I'm, I'm sending the letters, and I like I like this year. I've done like six or seven events. Where like before COVID, I was doing forty. So I, I okay. That's the tension. I believe you. Is that I'm I believe still, you. I'm still grateful. I do feel like it's my job to say, "Is that true?" So if that's true, that's true. I but it's my true. job. Okay, I go think ahead. My, I, I, no, I, 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 and that's the tension. Is that like I feel <laughs> every time I, I feel this real thing. Yeah. And I feel these frustrations and like a failure. Okay. And yet I constantly hear myself, "Well, you're not grateful enough for the things that you have," mm-hmm. and I'm like, "Well, that's not making these feelings go away." Yeah. And I'm sitting in those feelings almost every day. Yeah. Where like, um, you know, a big win comes through and like, I'll feel good for a week or two. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I'm just like, well, I don't know. It's still like we, we the, the most frustrating one is YouTube because the, the, the podcast is doing fine. Like we have a dedicated, strong audience and we've been doing the show for eight years. Right. We started on YouTube three years ago and I thought we were going to be YouTube partners and have a YouTube audience within a year. Yeah. And I was like, the goal is to be a YouTube partner by the end of the year. And then we weren't close. And then I was like, okay, by the end of the next year, yeah. I, I was like, I, I got more information. It was harder than I thought. Okay, cool. Yeah. And then I was like, we're trucking and we've been, so you need uh, the, the numbers, you need 4,000 watch hours and a thousand subscribers. Mm-hmm. We hit, we're, we're almost at 2000 subscribers, but nobody's watching. Like mm-hmm. we've, we've been sitting at 2,900 watch hours for a year. Mm-hmm. We're like, that's awesome. Right? Like if you would have told me, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, yeah, that a, a thousand people a week were listening to me. <laughs> like, that sounds like you're talking to a stadium, right? Yeah. Like, that's legitimately like what that sounds like. And I, and yet, I'm still like, I don't know, feels like I'm talking to four. It's, it's weird. It's I have weird, a question. Yeah. Do you love the work? Uh, sometimes. <laughs> because I think it is possible that when you love the work, that there is something transferable in your joy, which is the whole reason you started this in the first place. There is something transferable from your joy to other people's joy. And it might be possible that you need a new baby. And I do not mean a physical baby, but you need a new love. You need a new, and I don't even mean a diversion from the podcast, but something about the podcast that is new and exciting. You know how to do this. You could do it with your eyes closed. There's, it might be a new challenge. Um, It might be bringing something in that maybe you've always really loved, but you never thought fit. Um, Maybe it's a person, there's just something new because God is on the move and he is going to make you sensitive to the Holy Spirit when you are asking good questions. He's going to make you sensitive to these holy nudges that say, I just sense that there's more. I just, and and in this call and um, charge for abundant life and our, um, I don't know. It just it, that's our inheritance is this abundant life. It's right. It is right and good to be in the place where you're at, where you're saying, what else? What not? Why does God have me here? But what does God have for me here? And I think that it's not just possible, but likely that there's more. Mm-hmm. There's something new that you're supposed to be taking on. What it's interesting that you say that because it's been one of the things on like in the back of my mind, you mentioned ease, right? This show is incredibly easy for me to do. It's clockwork. 
you know, eight years, especially with the co-host. Like it just makes it so easy for me. This is, this show is easy. Um, a lot of the stuff that I know would grow. Uh, the podcast would grow. The YouTube channel would grow. Um, even the, our financial situation is hard. Like sitting down, like uh, running a nonprofit and asking for donors is hard and it's awkward. You get told no a lot. It's hard. So I avoid that. Um, on YouTube, I know the, the, um, the thing that will work is not the thing that I want to do. The thing that works on okay. YouTube is clickbaity yeah. stuff or like super, super Catholic, like apologetics kind of stuff, yeah. which I have the ability to do, but I don't want to do it. And so there's this, there's this, um, frankly, that's not that, that hard for me. Like I can do that. Mm -hmm. It's just more of a, I feel like I'm going against like my initial charter, right. Of like, let's yeah. bring joy to this and not do this stuff when the whole idea with YouTube is you get people in the door and then you filter them into your other stuff. It's like the get think people in the door is doing a five minute apologetic video, which like I could do today. And I've known that for two years. I just haven't done it because I don't want to, you know, um, and it's hard to create something new, which is what you're saying. Right. Yeah. But like there has been this little tug in the back of my head of like, you need to do something new, especially with like Sarah take, taking over a lot of the work that yeah. like I don't have to do. She's it, that frees so up my well, time to do yeah. new things. But now it's like accepting the it's just kind of accepting the new reality of like, oh, I'm freed up to do other things. That means that I need to be doing other things because before I didn't have time yeah, or energy. Now I have time, maybe not the energy, but I have time to be doing these other things that it's like, I, you know, the whole idea of bringing up Paul again, I know the right things to do and I'm not doing them. Yeah. Right. It's not like I need somebody to be like, Hey, you need to go raise money and make videos that people want to watch. And I'm like, I know, I just don't want to. Yeah. Well, and maybe that's it. Maybe it's just a fresh take. Maybe it's a, a creative twist to apologetics. Mm -hmm. I mean, if, if apologetics is what people want, you know, maybe it's your, fresh approach to that. Um, I feel, I don't feel like you're making music as much as you used to. I think that that probably is something that brings you a lot of joy. Um, I don't know the answers, but I would love brainstorming it with you. But one thing um, that I think is important, I remember it was a conference that I really wanted to do well. Um, I was, if there was, you know, uh, a hierarchy of speakers, I was at the very bottom, um, which I loved, like, I, I like that. It's a fun place to be posi position because it, if I'm on the bottom of it, mm -hmm. I'm never going to finish at the bottom. I won't finish at the top, but it is fun beating two people. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's not what I thought you were going to say, but given more time, it's what I should have expected yeah, you to say. Um, the reason I love it is because pressure's kind of off and I can really just be authentic and then maybe delightfully surprise someone. Um, but the headliner if you will, the keynote, that's what they're called, um, was I was pacing before my turn and she's, you know, clopping down the hall and she was not being unkind. I can't stress that enough. She was not being unkind. She said, are you nervous? And I said, a little bit. And she goes, oh, and it's, it sounds like she was being patronizing. <laughs> and I'm, I'm just telling you that like the energy was not a patronizing. She, she genuinely thought that it, that was sweet. Right. And then, and, and and I thought of it from from her perspective because, of course, that implies that she doesn't get nervous. And I had this kind of interior thought, which was, I hope that's not ever me. I don't ever want to not be just a little, have a little bit of nervous energy 
before like taking a stage. And if I ever don't, I think I need to do something else. I think I need to move on. I think I need to change things up a little bit. And it reminds me of, I think it's Mother Angelica has a quote that, um, you know, following the Holy Spirit, and I might be butchering this, sorry. Um, following the Holy Spirit is one foot on the floor, one hand in the air, and a queasy feeling in your stomach. Sounds like you're playing Twister. <laughs> she is really surprisingly good at Twister, that Mother Angelica. She's spry. I don't know why you know this. <laughs> So I don't know. I just think that maybe there's something new for you. And I don't mean instead of. I just mean in addition. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll figure out what it is. <laughs> so that's a lot about me. What's been going on with you? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I feel, I, I know other people feel this way. I don't think you're one of them. <laughs> when, so, so if I... Social media is so collective. I mean, obviously it's social, but we're in these communities, we're in these pockets. And if I know that a friend is struggling or suffering in their personal life, I will have a hard time posting or celebrating something because I know that someone who is going to see this is not in that same space. That's strange behavior. I don't think it is. I don't think I'm alone. It has. <laughs> I think other people are sensitive to how other people are receiving their and their content. You want to know how different I am than you? Yes, <laughs> I do, Taylor. I got a text message yesterday yeah. from somebody saying, "I don't want to be a part of this content anymore." You know what I did? Posted a video of them. <laughs> You're not changing my content schedule because of your life. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> you know why? It would make things hard for me. <laughs> <laughs> You're just a mess. <laughs> and yet we're all here. Um, okay. So working to this stuff. I'm not going to stop. So I. Oh, you're having a bad day. I'm not going to post on Instagram. <laughs> Can we talk about me? <laughs> Oh, we are. I'm making fun of you. Remember that story earlier that you said that the speaker wasn't making fun of you? I clearly am. And if I was in that position, I would have been. Well, and oh, I, you're I, nervous. <laughs> oh, you're a professional speaker and you're nervous. Oh. So this is why you need me, Taylor. You need me. Okay. You're, you're going to give me thicker skin and I'm going to make you a human. Okay. But <laughs> Good luck. If, there, if I know that there's someone in my circle that's going to receive something a certain way. It's it's hard for me. When there are global pandemics and people dying and we fill in all of the blanks, currently a horrible war, it is really hard for me to talk about my kids' football game. It feels like this really um, inappropriate change of subject. And I do recognize that I maybe have like more blurred lines than you or something. I don't even know what that. I know you want it. You know I want it. Blurred lines. No, oh, nothing. yes, yes, yes. Sorry. I was initially getting the. Who's the. Um, We're just doing more karaoke for you guys. No, hold on. The thing that. Oh, I'm wasting time. But it's the big animal that shakes his butt in the. Me. I just Afro did circus. Um, I, I don't the, know. Madagascar. Oh. There's like two hippos that are in love, and you just reminded me of the male. Oh, that's awesome. Male hippo. You sound like every comment I get on on the internet. <laughs> okay, Remind me but of a hippo. 
I my, got called fat by a kid at the football game on Saturday that we were. We, we were I your, heard. Your son was sitting next to me. I'm like, wh- I think that Taylor would have texted me oh, this so immediately. Funny. No, I, I felt like it was okay because your husband and son were there. <laughs> Um, it was no, a little, this a needs little, 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 this little kid needs at the thing. He was like, um, I forget how it happened. He was like, um, we we're talking about football. And I was like, oh, I used to play. And he's like, oh, have you played in your, I was like, no, I used to be fast, but not anymore. And he's like, you know that you could be skinnier if you run. <laughs> I was like, good night. <laughs> okay. Was this a kid our son's age? Yeah. 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 Super annoying. Yeah. Should have known better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, back um, to so all that to say, my work is largely posting things um, that I think and that I feel and that are going on in my life. If and you're gonna wait till there's no war in the Middle East. You're never gonna post again. I it's just been haven't been, been able to years. do. I know you're right. I know <laughs> that you're right. But it's so yeah. So it's I've very just, funny that the things I'm struggling with, you're very good at the things that you're struggling with. I'm it's true. It's true. <laughs> I was looking forward to this conversation because of yeah. this. But then you throw, so I just have felt a little paralyzed lately and, um, you know, I don't, I'm just behind in my work in all areas. I'm behind in my personal life. Um, it's kids are sick. I don't know. It's just, it's no good reasons. It's just reasons. I brought a lot of my problems in my show notes, and I brought one thing that I thought would help you. Okay. I don't know if it will, but I thought it would. So I heard this quote this week. If you're trying to be helpful, Taylor, I'm going to honor it no matter what. I wasn't just till so now, you know. just to be clear. <laughs> just to be very clear, I knew I wasn't being helpful. Um, it was I, like an A for effort type I heard situation. This thing, and it was a reminder for me because I feel like it's something that I'm typically pretty good at. But I, I think I got out of whack this week. Okay. And I think a lot of what you just said, I think there might be. Something. Okay. So I was reminded that your circle of influence is smaller than your circle of concern. Hmm. So hold it's on, like, hold on. your circle of influence is smaller than your circle of concern. Hmm. So sure. We're all concerned about elections. We're all concerned about the Middle East. We're all concerned about war. We're all concerned about, uh, you know, riots. Like, uh, sh- sure. But like, I have no influence over yeah. that stuff. Right? The most annoying thing is when someone speaks into it, that please stop talking. Right. Which is why I've been said nothing about it. Because right. I don't know. Right. <laughs> I don't, know. Right. I don't know what's going on. Right. Uh, I, I get all of my news from Jeremy McClellan. He's the f- funniest pundit on all of this stuff. Yes. Um, but it, it was a reminder to me because I was, it, it was encouraging of like, because. My go-to is to avoid things like that. Big, big picture topics that are um, controversial and that people are on, you know, 50-50 on both sides. It's just mm-hmm. like, I don't, the whole point of this show is to be an escape, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, escape from your week, have, have some laughs, grow in your faith a little bit. Great. Like, that's the whole point. So if we came in and talked about stuff like we did today, it's all, it's all depressing and sad. Yeah. That wouldn't be what we're doing, right? But we can't completely avoid that's not healthy, but we can't completely um, just give in to all this other stuff too. Right. So um, I I was thinking about this whole dichotomy of like, we have these problems. I can either attack them or I can avoid them. Right. And I think some of that discernment is what's in my circle of influence. Right. I I can influence. Yes, that's good. I I can influence my, my community. I can, I can influence Silas. 
on yep. Saturday morning. Right. I can't influence right. other stuff, even in your right. family's life that was going on, right? right? Like, right. But, and and and, and our, our community, like, there's just stuff I can't. So I just have to kind of let go, yeah, it's you know, good. and not not folks try not to focus on it and focus on the things that I can, because like even going back to what you know the advice that you had for me is like when I focus on things that are outside of my influence, yeah, then it takes away from the time and energy that I could be doing. That's within my influence. Yeah. Right. And it's, so anyway. Yeah, no, that's good. I was thinking, um, or I, you, ha I'm relearning. So it's like we learn and then we sometimes have to relearn or remember, like scripture is always telling us to remember God can't do that for us, remember. but remember, <laughs> remember in less, way less creepy. God is. Um, oh, that was 100% God <laughs> also known as the Lion King to you. Um, oh, he's 100% God in that movie. <laughs> Uh, the, the father, there's a son. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. No, it's true. <laughs> this is, this is, this is, that's good content. We need to do that sometimes. It's a good segment. Okay. But, um, knowing the things, cause I've done this before. I've like literally made a physical list of these are the things that I can change. These are the things, things that I cannot change. Is that when you were in Alcoholics Anonymous? <laughs> Is that, that's a, that's probably a really, no, it's in my yoga class where we're like, it's in my stretching class where we're like laying at the end. My favorite joke. What are the, <laughs> my breathing and stretching. Um, so yeah, like knowing what's, I, I can, I can change how I smell. I can affect that my bed is, is made in the morning. I can get fresh air and drink water. These are the things that I have control over. Ren does what she wants. You know, like, <laughs> Hamas, I just learned what that was like a month ago. You know, like there are, there are these things that I, that I can't do anything about. And there's a lot of health. Chickpeas? And what? Chickpeas. Smash, chickpeas. Smashed up chickpeas. Hummus. Yeah. Hummus. Got it. Okay. <laughs> So <laughs> if I, uh, oh yes. Um, yeah. So there are, you know, there, there's a, there's a, there's a middle ground, you know, you have these things on the edges and there's this middle ground, there's mourning and moping, there's attacking and avoiding there's, you know, I don't know. It's just, it's all about, it's about balance and tension. Also a really good stretching Breathing, stretching and breathing exercise. Uh, so what we're going to do is uh, today our plan is to do both of these things. We attempted in this segment to attack our problems head on and I feel better. Good. And then whenever uh, we're, we're going to take a break and we have a, a great guest today, Cordial Catholic, we're going to talk about uh, being nice to Protestants. I love that. You're, you know, you're a convert yourself. You'll love it. Uh, but then Indeed. whenever, whenever we come back, we're going to avoid things. And we're going to do what the show is meant to do. And we're going to do something pointless and silly and try to laugh and uh, have a good time. Fantastic. All right. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. We find ourselves here in this season of giving. If you are looking for somewhere to donate this giving season, we would really appreciate it if you uh, kept us in mind. Forte Catholic is a Catholic 501c3 nonprofit. So uh, we're a charity. And we literally live off the charity and the giving of people just like you. So if you like the show, if you like other great Catholic podcasts, being able to uh, sound and look as best as they can, because that's the work that we do behind the scenes. If uh, you like uh, good speakers and good music for events, that is what we do here. If you want to support our ministry, you can do so at ForteCatholic.com slash donate. 
fortecatholic.com slash donate. Easy to set up. You can give a one-time donation, which will help us with some year-end things, or you can become a, a, a staple in what we are doing here by becoming a monthly donor. Five bucks a month, $20 a month. We just got a new $20 a month donor this week. We've got people giving 50, 100, 250, and even a 500 donor. So, uh, but it, it all helps. It all um, goes towards all the work that we're doing here. So again, that's fortecatholic.com slash donate. We appreciate you, uh, all of our new donors and all the donors who have been donating to us for many, many years. We appreciate you guys. Enjoy the rest of the show. Welcome back to Forte Catholic. I am Taylor Stroll. And before I even say your name, it is a common thing over here that I give people fake middle names. <laughs> and for years, we've been following each other for years on social media. And I knew that your name was Keith A. Little, right? Okay. Yes. And I never knew what the A stood for. And yeah. my plan was to come on here and guess it. But then I got an email from you because, oh, no. uh, and, and it says K Albert Little. So oh. I want you to know that for years you've kept me in the dark. And with one email, wow. you have, you just completely blew up the bit yeah. right from the beginning. Yeah, so I welcome did. to the yeah. show. <laughs> I ruined it for you. I'm sorry. You really did. You really did. I, I'm curious what your guesses would have been though now, but. <laughs> Because it's too late. <laughs> uh, Alexander Hamilton, because you look like Lin Manuel Miranda. That's that was my first guess. Uh, I I think you look exactly like you know the guy who wrote Hamilton. Yeah. Uh, you you don't think you look like him at no, all. But I've been told I, like, that though by many I, been, many people who host podcasts have <laughs> have mentioned that to me. You sound like yeah. uh, uh, an ex-president that we won't talk yeah. about. Many people have told me that. It's like, no, it was one guy on the internet. He was. Uh, so, it was you uh, earlier. Today. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, you are the cordial Catholic, which, you know, we've been talking uh, here on our show the last few weeks about how non-cordial Catholics are driving me literally insane. So uh, what made you pick cordial in the first place? Okay. It's an aspirational title. Because I am about like the most curmudgeon-y, uh, prideful, spiteful, arrogant. Uh, what else? Oh, you're not curmudgeon I Okay, so on a, on a, <laughs> I'm Canadian, okay? So by default, I'm just cordial. Like There's a baseline of cordiality uh, just being Canadian. But I am like the worst Canadian. Uh, so it's purely an aspirational title, Taylor. I asked my wife. I'm nowhere near cordial, but I thought I, I'll, I'll aim high. Like the saying is, you know, you aim high, I wonder what you aim low and then you exceed expectations, I think is, is my motto. But this is probably backwards to, to, to actually. Aim low is how to get out of a fight with a man like you. <laughs> <laughs> or how to surprise yourself and others, right? You, you aim low and you accomplish higher and, and you look really good. You, you've done a really awesome job. In this case, I, this is an aspirational title. It like, I'm trying to set a bar for myself to be the cordial Catholic, and then I have to rise to that occasion and uh, and put behind myself all the my, my natural tendencies. So I it see, really I see. it really has been you know, and, and I guess it kind of came about because the idea the the a lot of the work that I've been doing since I became Catholic was to you know, cordially explained the Catholic faith to non-Catholic Christians. So it, instead of, you know, just ramming it in their throats or, or being offensive or, or just, you know, argumentative, I've, I've tried to approach uh, sharing the Catholic faith as a convert in a way that is, that is kind, patient, cordial, right? So I don't always uh, hit that mark. Mark, I don't think, but it, it's 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 aspirational in that sense. It's, you know, sharing the, the the Catholic faith cordially. I think see, I, I'm, I'm see, trying. I think you're 
I think you're you're selling yourself a little too short because of like I, I've been following you for years. I, I've known you know you've got the the uh, the podcast, the YouTube channel. I'm like you know when a Catholic podcast pops up, like I run in enough Catholic podcasting circles that I tend to hear about them, and uh, you know I hear about some that are like oh just another apologetics podcast that's either boring or bashing <laughs> Protestants or both. Uh, and, but then like I, I didn't realize it was so aspirational for you. I think I just connected it with the Canadian thing. Like you're all very cordial. Like even if you hated me, you'd still be right now you know, here right now with me saying yeah, very yeah. nice things about yeah, me. That sort yeah, of thing. Um, but I, I didn't realize it was aspirational because you've been doing it so well. You <laughs> you do talk to uh, non-Catholics in a very uh, cordial way. Uh, but I, I didn't realize. So I just had a thought while you were talking about how, like you said, it's an aspirational title, right? And I haven't thought about this story in many, many years. But one of the worst things slash best things I ever did for my spiritual life was play Jesus in our high school, like passion <laughs> play or whatever, yeah, right? Yeah. I didn't used to be this fat. I, ha- I had hair and uh, a six pack. So I looked more like Jesus does, <laughs> yeah, uh, sure. you know, uh, and all those crucifixes that you have oh, in the house, God. right? Um, but I I loved doing it. And it was actually like a really like spiritually uplifting thing for me to do. But the thing that was bad about it is that once I played Jesus in the play, I couldn't do non-Jesusy things at school because everybody yeah, saw me yes, be Jesus. Yes, so like yes. I'd, I'd be cussing at somebody. They'd be like, oh, no, no, no. Jesus wouldn't do that. <laughs> I'd be cutting in line. Like there was a thing, like all the football players got yeah. to go cut in line. Uh, in cafeteria, there'd be like a hundred people in line. All the football players could go to the front of whichever line they wanted. And then I would do that. I've been doing it for years. They were like, no, no, no. Jesus wouldn't cut in line. So I had, I I was required to act like Jesus as a Christian. And it really, it was really frustrating. So it was an aspirational thing for me. I was not Jesus, but I was required to act like him. So I didn't realize that you and I had that in common. (laughs) That's, that's incredible. I love that. That's such an interesting thing. And it reminds me of those, what would Jesus do bracelets that were popular when you know, I was yeah. in high school. Same time, right? actually. You, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you, yeah, you couldn't, because you couldn't wear those or you could wear those and be a complete nincompoop, right? You had to, gosh, I'm, it would remind you, it would convict you that you had to actually rise to that kind of occasion. And I was thinking too the other day, actually, in, in mass, my our daughter was pointing at the crucifix and she calls it baby Jesus, but it's really funny because it's not a baby Jesus on the crucifix, <laughs> but that she associates Jesus on the crucifix at this point in her, in her, in her life. And she's tuned a bit with baby Jesus. And she said something about why, why is he so small? And I thought in that second, I thought, you know what would be strange? Fat Jesus. <laughs> like, wouldn't that be a weird, it doesn't seem fitting to think about like our Lord, because if, if, you know, if, if he, if, if he was perfect, would, is there also a perfect weight? For Jesus, like physically, like I'm, I think a perfect is a baby thing? is chubby. So I think you're right. I think Jesus was chubby at least at some point in his life. I think you're correct. But he had to have lost that baby weight, right? You wouldn't oh, be fitting. It wouldn't yeah, be fitting perfect. for a fat Jesus. Yeah, exactly. To be going around, right? Like no offense, Taylor. To your, you, you, I, I know you. You played him, right? And you're saying you, you had to. You know, you look different. You wouldn't. Have, I'm in a hole now. You sure have. Uh, <laughs> you, you've dug yourself quite a hole there, uh, trying to dig from Canada all the way to the U.S. So, oh gosh! Uh, all right, let's let's get back on topic. So, uh, you've got this uh, this podcast, Cordial Catholic, where you're talking a lot about uh, you're, you're doing topics that like a lot of non-Catholics yeah. Yeah. would yeah. disagree with the Catholicism or just want to open their mind a little bit more about Catholicism. Uh, you're 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 just crushing it. You're, you've got uh, thousands and thousands of views on the channel. You know, you you made a joke when I came on your show uh, that you get ten. <laughs> views i'm like no i get 
get 10 views. You get 10,000 views. That's <laughs> what, that's what, that's the difference between the two channels. Uh, but what's, what's the goal there? What are you trying to do? Because you yourself were yeah. a convert. So yeah. I imagine that that's where your heart for this came from. Yeah. Well, wh- so how I backed into this was that I realized actually it was a, a, a Protestant pastor I was working for who was going to seminary himself. He was raised Catholic in Montreal, very Canadian, a very Catholic part of Canada. Uh, Italian, French Canadian guy was raised Catholic, ended up leaving the Catholic faith and becoming a non-denominational pastor, was going back to seminary to do his master's degree and was, was reading through patristics, early church fathers and wrestling with church history. And I was his intern at this student church that he worked at in the university campus up here in Canada. And so he would come back from class and bounce ideas off of me the next morning in his office. And he was the one who kind of got me thinking about church history and the biblical, the canon of the Bible and these different ideas of authority and these kinds of things. And as I began to read some of the sources that he had mentioned and talked about and read more for myself, kind of beyond what he was suggesting, I realized that it was a lot of these misconceptions that I held about things like the Catholic Church and church history and the Reformation and things that Catholics believed and, and did and practiced. And the more that I read those things, the more I realized that actually Catholics were different than I thought they were. And I kind of crept closer and closer to being like, actually, these guys have a lot of things they figured out. And then eventually became Catholic. And really, I kind of began this thing to to do that, to kind of dispel those misconceptions that 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 oftentimes aren't actually like willfully uh, like acquired misconceptions. They're just like misinformation or misconceptions that you have or heard or or held for some reason. You don't even realize you had them or were holding them. And when you learn the truth about what the Catholics actually believe, it's like, wow, this is actually different and compelling. Like this isn't gonna push me away from Christ. This actually draws me closer to Christ and the church he founded. And it's this kind of brilliant like discovery. So my goal has been to kind of to try and to try and do that. So to talk to a lot of people who are on that journey, to have them on my show to kind of talk about their experience. Because I learned too from watching, say, Marcus Grodi and now his friend or his son, my friend, John Mark his Grodi. Friend. His friend. His son. Hey, buddy. My friend, John Mark Grodi. They have the same last name, two buddies. And say, oh, this is, you take the show over. We got the same last name, a couple of buds. Uh, that show, The Journey Home on EWTN, going for almost 30 years now, I think. It's amazing. And I realized watching that as a non-Catholic Christian looking into the Catholic Church, how powerful those stories were. Because you hear yourself and see yourself in those stories and questions that you are asking. You You hear someone else asking those too and then answering them. And so I try and do a bit of that kind of stuff. Um, and I try and I, I've had some amazing guests on the show that, 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 that blow me away with, with their journeys, right? Guys who are pastors for like 20 years who hear the voice of God saying, Hey, go to this church here. And it's a Catholic church. And they just drop all they're doing and go into that church and have like an epiphany and discover all these things and end up quitting their job and becoming Catholic. And so I have these wild stories like that. And then just digging into simple Catholic, ideas, things that, that, you know, as Catholics, we, we hold and understand and it makes a lot of sense. But from the outside, I, I think it was, um, actually, I think it was Marcus Grodi I had in the show years ago who said something like, you know, the most devout Catholic kneeling to a statue, lighting a candle, you know, you know, uh, praying the rosary. That's a Catholic doing the Catholic life, you know, 
full force. They love God. They love their faith. That looks like the most pagan kind of like idol worshiper right, ever right, right. to a non-Catholic Christian. So just kind of setting those records straight. Like, hey, you know what? That Catholic's doing all these things that are super pious and they're like super into their faith. And and here's why. And it's kind of explaining those things to an audience that doesn't get it, right? Because they haven't heard it before in a language that they understand. I think it's kind of what I've been trying to do. Yeah, there's an interesting um, there's an interesting comparison or parallel there that I don't think I've ever really thought about before. That um, a lot of times when people are converting, and especially a lot of people that run in your circles, that like yeah. there there are mo- a lot of times for converts and in some intellectual hangups. Like I just don't agree with what the church teaches or believes on, you know, the, we know the big ones, papal infallibility, central church, uh, the sacraments, Mary, like we all know kind of the big things. Right. But, uh, so it's very interesting that you pointed out like the, are you, um, that a lot of Protestants are coming with like, I need answers and I need these things to be these, um, problems that I have to be solved. And yet most Catholics aren't equipped to answer those questions. But they are incredibly devout and are holy and are living out their Catholic life. They're sitting there praying, it, kneeling in the church, lighting a candle, and it's they're connecting with their God and Father. And yet, if you know somebody asks them, you know, can you explain when the Pope is infallible and when he isn't? They'd be like, I don't know, man. Be like, ah, I don't even know what those <laughs> words mean. So it, it is an interesting thing that like a lot of times. Um, Catholics don't have uh, a lot of Catholics don't have this intellectual backing, but almost every convert does because they had to go through those yeah. intellectual things to come over there. So that's just an interesting observation from that that I've never really even thought about before. What do you think? Yeah, no, I, I think you you always hear that converts make the best Catholics, also the most annoying Catholics because they know Amen. they know Amen. they know it all. Yeah. Right? <laughs> but it is an interesting, and I have friends that have said this to me that they they can't appreciate or understand what a convert's gone through because they've they've always had this right, and so it's this weird kind of way of getting your head around. Okay, so this person that I know has come to some conclusions as me, but wrestled with that and left things behind and had broken friendships and, and employment and career and family members sometimes who don't just don't get it and relationships and all these things that kind of had to fracture to get to this point. It's kind of crazy when other people who are in that same point as you, the exact same kind of bat, baptized Catholic now with full communion with the church didn't do all those things to get there. It's very, it's very, very different. And it's interesting because, you know, like you say, th- there are, of course, cradle Catholics who just kind of have lived their faith, haven't really kind of uh, dove deep into it to know a lot about how to understand or what it all means or how to defend it. But there are some Catholics who are super, super devout and, and know it really well and practice it really well, who just, who, who don't, haven't thought of things that a non-Catholic Christian have thought about to be able to answer those things. Like, you know, Mary is Mary and it, it makes sense because it does make sense. But I had to wrestle with that to get to the point where, where it makes sense. And so it's an interesting place to, to, to be where somebody holds these things and knows their faith well, but ha- just haven't considered how somebody else might not understand that and approach that differently to, to get there. It's kind of a, yeah, it's interesting. You know, it goes both ways because I'm jealous of people like yourself who have had all these years in the church to love it and be immersed in it and, and to enjoy it and to experience it. 
because uh, I'm, you know, we as a family are still struggling sometimes to establish traditions and routines for our family as, you know, and we've been at this for a while now, but, you know, we haven't, we haven't grown into those things. We've kind of are having to make those things, adopt those things from the church as we go along versus inheriting that. So it goes both ways, but it's really, it's an interesting dynamic for sure. Those, those two sides, right. Of that equation there. Yeah. So uh, I, I was scrolling through your YouTube channel as as I was going through, and like you know, I, I saw some videos on you know, like kind of the the big the big name things yeah. that we saw earlier of you know the uh, understanding of scripture and papal infallibility and like why you know why not sola scriptura like I, I we, like most people that have been around the church know that those are big topics for for people coming into Catholicism. Yeah, but. We're recording this at an interesting time because we just celebrated uh, All Saints Day, All Souls Day, right? So I want to know uh, some of the weirder questions, like the like the not mainstream Protestant questions for Catholics that you've dealt with. And I, I'll give an example. One that I've seen a lot happening this week is that uh, I, you know, because Catholics are are people are trying to get over and over again, like, Hey, we need to be a little bit more cordial. We need to be a little bit more welcoming and understanding of new Catholics or Protestants or uh, Protestants that want to become Catholic or even just Protestants in general, right? We need to be a little bit kinder and loving, you know, what a, what a novel idea. Uh, but one thing that I saw was, uh, in regards to like, you know, hey, guys, come to our church. Like, we Catholics, we're not super weird. And then the next breath, we're like, I'm going to see St. Albert's Thumb at my parish next week. <laughs> yes. Come on over. You know, like, so there are some weird things. Yes. Uh, so what are some of the strangest, uh, like, uh, holdups that you've heard from people or maybe even that you had yourself before you uh, yeah, before you yeah. Well, I'm, I don't know. I'm a bit weird, Taylor. And I kind of entered in a side door maybe because for me, the, the weird things like exorcism or relics or these kind of strange things that Catholics do were, were appealing to me because of their apologetic power. Like if you're telling me that I can go to a church and see St. Albert's thumb. Okay. That's, that's, that sounds pretty crazy, but you tell me that that thumb has healed people who've touched it, <laughs> right? And has healed them in, in ways that are, that medical science cannot explain or done things that really defy, defy science, right? Well, then that becomes this, okay, well, there's something to that then, right? And maybe it's Satan. So you look deeper into, well, no, Satan can't be healing through a saint's thumb. That would, cause people are becoming Catholic and, and Christian from these miracles. That, that, that would be, be a really weird tactic on his part. And the same for exorcism. That for me was like, okay, well, so if, if an exorcist can evoke Mary's name or, or the prayers of the saints or can bring a holy object or holy water or a relic to an exorcism and the demon reacts to that, well, how do you explain that? So those weird things for me were very, were very actually very interesting as an apologetic tool. And I think I, I think more and more those kind of weird things, because we're a bit obsessed with the paranormal these days. Like there's a lot of ghost hunting TV and like a lot of these kind of, you know, UAPs are in the news, uh, uh these different kind of weird paranormal things. I think we're, we're, our culture is a bit more obsessed with that than, than usual. So I think this is uh, the, the time to, for these kind of these weird things kind of get trotted out and go, well, okay, this is a weird thing we do, but also, you can't explain why this thing does this. Why, you know, why, why saints can be evoked and they have some kind of power over, over demons. Like, you know, Protestants believe in demons. 
what do you, what do you think, Protestants? <laughs> right? And with relics, you know, I, I always I always say that relics are the weird aunt of the Catholic Church, right? That weird aunt that at Thanksgiving you kind of keep her in the corner of the room, like you don't want to make you know, your new girlfriend shouldn't meet the new aunt until you're at least dating for a year or so, right? Because she'll say really weird things and do really weird stuff. But you know what? If she's right, if the things she's saying actually make a lot of sense, and and you know, if relics are actually have some kind of power to do stuff, right? And hey, actually, in the Bible, we see like, you know, St. Paul's handkerchief, the, the St. Peter's shadow, these things that actually seem to do something. And you, you know, you trace relics back to the very early Christians who used to lower down a handkerchief into the tomb of St. Peter and St. Paul to try and touch the bones of these saints to a handkerchief because they believed it had these, these healing properties. Like that's, that's very, very early Christianity. Well, hey, I think, there's something, I think there's something in there, guys, to maybe look a bit deeper. So I love those really weird things because they're actually really compelling as actual reasons why the Catholic Church is uniquely doing something, right, I think? I've never heard that handkerchief story. And yeah, true. I, I, I would pay so much. It's one of those moments I just pay so much money to like walk up and be like, what are y'all doing? <laughs> What's going on here? What, what well, are you see, there's a fishing line here. Right? Yeah, exactly. We got bones down there. Yeah. You catching anything today, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> Only holiness. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, good. This this is great. I, I've enjoyed talking to you, uh, not just today, but I, also uh, you and I had a longer conversation we where did. we ranted and raved about RCIA and talked about how we could maybe fix it and be a little bit more cordial to people coming into the church. Uh, you can find all of that, The Cordial Catholic, um, wherever you listen to podcasts or if you're watching this on YouTube, it'll be linked down in in the show notes as well so uh keith thanks for the for spending time with me uh not just today but when we also did the interview interview for your show this is this has been fun i like you a lot i'm glad we finally met uh face to face i appreciate after that that comments with fat jesus you still are are, 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 are my friend so thanks taylor well, I, 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 i'm trying <laughs> I to be like jesus in every way and my jesus is a little chubby so. <laughs> oh my gosh hey awesome thanks for having me i love being here this is great uh, all right thanks for listening uh, thanks for being here don't go anywhere we'll be right back I really enjoyed talking with Keith here on our show. And I think as we mentioned in the interview, I went and did an hour conversation with him over on his YouTube channel and podcast, The Cordial Catholic. So if you liked that conversation, you want more of that after you finish the show, you can go over to uh, The Cordial Catholic's YouTube page or his podcast and listen to a conversation that we had about RCIA, how can we, how we can be more welcoming and, uh, and informative and helpful for people that want to come into the church. We had a great conversation. And it was one of those things that like, I have strong feelings about and i don't often get a chance to talk about them here on the show so if you enjoyed me and keith's conversation here you will enjoy our conversation over on the cordial catholic uh go let's do it the link to the youtube will be down in the description of this show while you're over there hit subscribe on the Forte catholic channel thank you welcome back to Forte catholic i am taylor schroll and that is allison sullivan and we're going to play one of my favorite games that we have not played in a very long time. I don't think I've ever played on this it. show. I don't think you have either. I, I was trying recall. to remember. It's been it's been. So, you're not on trial, <laughs> Sam Beckman Fried over here. I don't recall. I um, have no memory. <laughs> so what what this game is called? It's called Life First. And a lot of times, like you grew up, you know, we had we had our Protestant convert in, in, as a guest. Uh, you are a, a convert from Catholicism, and I had my conversion of heart within a non-denominational church where I think I probably learned about life verses. Like you pick a verse and it's like, this is what my life is built on, right? Like if, yes. I, if I had one for real, it would be John 10.10. 10. Do you know what John 10.10 10 says? Yes. It is 
Um, this would be the most Protestant thing you've ever done. Hold on. Um, hold on. You you know me because um, it's something about recognizing God because you know him. Nope. What is it? Uh, I have come that they might have life, life and, and life in the fullness or abundant life. Abundant, life. yeah. Um, Interesting that it came up. Yes, today. Yeah. So uh, what we are going to do is that God has given me this gift of being able to pick out a life verse for other people. So what I do is I just completely randomly open this Bible. Yeah. And I uh, I pick a life verse mm-hmm. for whoever whoever needs to. I've been doing this for years in, in youth ministry, and it's a very fun little game, but it's not a game to me. It's real. Yeah. I, I have this gift, gift, and we're going to see if you have You don't care at all what my life verse is? No, I, it's right here. I'm going to give it to you. Because <laughs> clearly, it's from the book of Micah. Micah. You remember that book. You read do. it a bunch, haven't you? Yeah. Micah chapter 2, verse 4 says, In that day, they shall take up a taunt song against you. And wail with bitter lamentation and say, we are utterly ruined. He changes the portion of my people, how he removes it from me. Among our captors, he divides our fields. And why this is your life verse is because it's what you actually did to me in real life. I used to have more followers than you. And then the pandemic and TikTok happened. And God took all of my sphere of influence, yeah. gave it to you, and multiplied it 10, 50, if not a million fold. Mm-hmm. I think it's a perfect verse for you. <laughs> But he divided my field. I'm going to give it right back, apparently. That'd be great. That'd be great. So, right. come, on, um, come on, come on, come on. But one, I'm going straight to Leviticus. Funny little irony about this is uh, in preparation for this segment, I was like, hey, do you have a Bible on your phone? And you said, no. And I said, what a bad Catholic. And then I walked over through my house to immediately find a Bible to hand to you. Took me eight minutes. Couldn't find it. <laughs> the reason I know is because I have to go to the bathroom. Okay, here we go. This is from Wisdom of Solomon. Okay, it's uh, chapter 17. And it says, for even... Are you nervous? No. (laughs) What? For even if nothing disturbing frightened them, yet, scared by the passing of beasts and the hissing of serpents, they perished in trembling fear. So sorry. uh, Refusing to look even at the air, though it nowhere could be avoided. I think that's about my midlife crisis. (laughs) I think that this is also about your midlife crisis because it says that it's, listen, trembling and and fear and the hissing of serpents, evil is all around us, Taylor. It's unavoidable. Okay. And so we just need to cling tightly to the Lord and get to that holy hour and uh, God's doing a new thing. So I did. I was was so happy uh, that, you know, the last time you were on, you asked if, you know, you said you were going to ask on this episode if I went to my holy hour. And sure enough, I went to your house the other day and you asked me if I did my holy hour. And I said, yes, I did. Thanks for checking in. Also, you would have known this information if you listened to the podcast. I'm behind in all things. <laughs> We've already talked about this enough. All right. I'm going to do one more for you from the from the uh, New Testament. A lot of times you want to pick one from the old and the new. Not like you can pick a baseball team that's like from the National League and from the American League to root for. Obviously. That's how I feel about the Testaments. Okay. So this is from... It's like uh, college football and pro. Uh, uh, Ephesians... Uh, ch- <laughs> That's very funny. <laughs> the Old Testament is the college they were warming up for the pros, which is yeah. Jesus. That's very, very good. Okay, we're going to read from, uh, this is from your best friend. Oh. Paul. Mm. In his letter. It is, actually. Not his big speech, in his letter to the Ephesians. And this is uh, chapter four. We're going to go to chapter four, verse four. Ephesians, fo fo. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call. So uh, we, here we think That's about the, the, co- the combination of body and spirit, which is what you focus a lot on in your stretching class, mm-hmm. uniting the body Lots of and the spirit. Yeah, like and then the second, pa- the second part is just as you were called 
is the one hope that belongs to you, that belongs to your call. This is something that you were encouraging me to do earlier. It's like, what are the things that bring me that can bring me hope in my dire situation? And also, what are the things that only I can do? Yeah. Right. And also, you and I uh, did some ministry together in a thing called One Hope, and I think that's hilarious that I got. I that, that was right where my <laughs> mind went. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, can, do I do another one for you, or can you, I do Rapunzel? You do Rapunzel. Yeah. Okay. This is for Rapunzel. Oh, it would be great if you got the one about balding or something to do with hair. That'd be hilarious. Okay. Um, I don't know that Luke is going to be fruitful. No offense, Luke. We're going to go to Second Corinthians. Okay. And it says, "For we do not want you to be ignorant." Brethren, she was so ignorant in that tower, poor thing, um, of the affliction we experienced in Asia. Maybe. Who knows? For we were so utterly and unbearably crushed that we despaired of life itself. Why we felt that we had received the sentence of death, but that was to make us rely not on our own selves, but on God who raises the dead. This is very apropos because you see Rapunzel. There was nothing there was nothing around her. She was in in complete solitary confinement, hopeless, and she needed to rely on a man. The Lord, <laughs> a decent man and one really good horse. And then life in abundance. I think you um have a partial gift for this. Cuz I think full? uh not full because I think that was for Mulan. <laughs> no. No, you need to get caught up on your Disney princesses, Taylor. <laughs> All right. Um, since we talked about uh, your son, this is for your son. Oh, old Cy. We're going to go to Second Chronicles, not Corinthians, to the Chronicles. And we're going to go with chapter 21. I'm slowly glancing at page uh, yeah. headers. And nothing, no none of this looks good. No, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, chapter 21, verse 3. Their father gave them great gifts of silver, gold, and valuable possessions, Aww. together with 40 fortified cities in Judah. But he gave the kingdom to Jehoram because he was the firstborn. This is literally about your firstborn. This is incredible. When, when Jehoram had ascended the throne of his father and was established, he slew all his brothers with the sword and also some of the princes of Israel. So I think um, some of this is about how he is the firstborn right indeed and like he you know just like this man was was given a lot like yeah. you know your husband's not a king but no, he's a doctor yeah, that's like no, you know, yeah. pretty close these days yeah. so there's there's a lot of inheritance coming to this to this boy's this boy's direction yeah. uh and i think this is a this is one of those um stories like there but for the grace of god go i okay so we know that silas is in public school so we have to keep Indeed. an eye on him. Yeah. Because uh, if we keep him to the church, this will not be his outcome. Mm -hmm. But if he slips into the uh, into the secular world, he might be murdering his brother might, pretty soon. <laughs> he might be slaying so this everyone is, this closest to him. This is one of those cautionary tales. It's a, it's a <laughs> cautionary tale for Silas. Uh, he needs to say his prayers. Maybe he can go do a holy hour. Okay. Um, well, I, I think if he sticks close to Jesus, uh, I crack up so much. There's... Uh, I, I don't know if you'll like me saying this, but I, I'm, I'm going to say it anyway. We'll see what happens. It cracks me up so much. And yeah. I, I've mentioned this to him hmm. that he'll, um, he's a teenager who plays sports. Like I was a teenager who plays sports, you know, a couple decades ago. Uh, so I, I remember what locker rooms are like, right? Sure. So he'll share a clip of himself. And I love watching the clips. He's very good. He's a quarterback. He's throwing these great passes. Uh, my favorite is when he throws a bad pass and then the receiver catch, makes a very good catch and he posts it anyway because mm. he's like, look what I did. <laughs> you know? mm, yeah. that, those are my favorite. Yeah. But he posts it with these songs that have some adult language in them. Indeed. And then his next like Instagram story will be about like, some Bible verse. And then the next story 
yeah. is a, another cussing rap song. He's, I I love him. Yeah. <laughs> he's the best. Yeah. He's just the best. He is he is true to who he is. <laughs> I, I was like and oh, conflicted. Yeah. I, I I see this. I, so I, you I, just stay close, Taylor. Okay. You yeah, ju- exactly. you just stay close because he's quit listening to me. Um. Yes and no. But um. You know what he doesn't post are excellent passes that hit people right in the hands and between the numbers that they drop. So there's that. Oh, oh so he'll I throw see. a bad he'll I throw see. a bad pass that they catch and post it, but will not throw or will not post a good catch that they drop. That's what uh, dads of NFL receivers do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Look at my boy. There's nothing wrong with my boy. So this is adorable. So Ren is sitting next to me on the bleachers and they say, pass from Silo Sullivan, incomplete. She whips around and looks up at the box and says, why doesn't it say pass from Silas Sullivan, not caught? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he won't slay her. <laughs> That's the, yeah, she's not a brother. <laughs> All right, let's do one more. I'm going to give you one, one more chance and then okay. we'll close this out. One more day. chance. Okay, this is, what? <laughs> what kind of Bible is this? Tale? What? Okay. It's a Bible that has Haggai in it. You're not a big Haggai fan? Hold on, hold Who's on. Who's this for? God, this you can't is, pick from the map. This is from Mulan. <laughs> this it's is from for Mulan? Mulan, yeah. It's from Jeremiah. Okay. And it says, so Johanahan, the son of God Korea, <laughs> and all the commanders of the forces. And Wait, did you say Korea? It's K-A-R-E-A-H, but interesting. Close enough. I mean, <laughs> so Johanahan Mulan, it sounds like, kind of like Mulan, and the son of Korea, and all the commanders of the forces, and all the people did not obey the voice of the Lord clearly. Jahanahan is a girl disguised. Mulan <laughs> should have not had these obstacles to do what the Lord had called her to do. I don't even remember what that says anymore, but there's a lot of conviction in there that she should have had equal opportunity to go do what she was born to do. I love that um, in, our, in like probably one of the first Disney movies that was like female forward. Like positive female, like I, you know, she didn't. She got the man at the end, but she uh didn't need the man or whatever. Right, right. I love that she won with fireworks. (laughs) Like, like, like she trained for the military stuff and didn't use it. She won with a fireworks display. Interesting. Very funny. Yeah. Uh, I also think it's great that um that my last one. Uh, okay. My last one was uh, about Silas and it was about firstborns. Yeah. And your last one was about Mulan and it was about the military. Crazy. I think we're getting something. That is crazy. All right. Not so, planned. No, Zero. C- clearly. Well, I mean, show was planned. <laughs> we went a lot. Remember, remember the first eight minutes of this show when we didn't do anything that we thought. Surprise, <laughs> Johnny. <laughs> every one of your outbursts, I don't understand. It's all. It's all TikTok. Our algorithms are different. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> Whatever. All right. Well, I'm Taylor Stroll. That is Allison Sullivan. I have the gift. She has a partial gift. I'll be back in a week. So I'll be back in a month. See ya. Thank you all for watching and listening today. We hope that you enjoyed today's conversation. Uh, it was a wide-ranging one. It was wide-ranging just with Allison and I, and then we added a guest into the mix, and we had some fun. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe wherever you're listening, especially over on our YouTube channel. Uh, things are going well over there. We're about to hit some milestones. We could use your help with some watch time over there. Go and uh, watch some of our videos uh, if you actually want to watch them, or just hit play on a playlist and walk away from your computer for a few hours. It all helps. We appreciate you guys, and we will see you next week. Love you. Ooh.